0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and I want to talk to you about the Southern Baptist Convention. I actually recorded a whole podcast earlier today, and uh, I wasn't able to upload it, and now some of that information is kind of old. But I made my prediction, uh, which you didn't get to hear, and unfortunately my prediction came true about the results of the election between Bart Barber and Tom Askell. So um it, it it's not a surprise to me, but uh I know for some of you it is a surprise and I know some people need to just kinda come to their own conclusions on this. They need to see for themselves the corruption that exists in the convention by going attending a meeting and, and seeing with their own eyes. Uh for me I think I had a bit of an advantage of being at Southeastern uh years ago and seeing kind of how the same politics that you saw displayed more clearly in the convention are um are deployed uh, on a more of a a local level in in an institution so for me i've been talking about this issue of corruption but also um, mostly of social justice for a while and the two kind of do go together and um and after the convention last year i made a video eight reasons to leave the sbc and i have certainly not changed my mind i'm probably more convinced uh, of the position i held last year now than i was then Um, But I haven't wanted to rain on the parade of people that are well-meaning and orthodox and wanting to uh, attend these conventions and and make a difference because I know many of them have to come to the conclusion themselves, like I said, uh, that the SBC is perhaps beyond uh, saving or an organization one should not be a part of. And the other thing is just, you know, hey, if there is a chance, if there is a way, if there is... Um, really bold leadership that's willing to call out false teachers and willing to really rally the base and come up with a actual ground game. I I don't want to um, just discourage people from that. Uh, So that's kind of one of the reasons I I haven't shared uh, at least immediately in the last few weeks, my prediction. Um, I did put a poll out on Twitter or no, sorry, I don't have Twitter, uh, YouTube and uh, with people's predictions, and people were overwhelmingly predicting Tom Askell was going to win. And, and I, and this is um, many of you listening to this particular podcast, people in my audience, and I, and I knew there there was a lot of optimism there, and um, it, and so I I, I realize as I'm talking about this that um, there's probably right now a, a little bit of uh, sadness over it, maybe some depression if you're a Southern Baptist who really cares about your denomination and. Um, there, there's really no sugarcoating it. Uh, but the, the one thing I can say is that the Lord reigns. The Lord is on his throne. We know this, but um, the church is the institution that will last. Uh, the Lord's um, kingdom will not fail. It will continue. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And and the Southern Baptist Convention, it, all it is and all it was ever intended to be was an organization to cooperate between churches uh, for, for mutual cooperation for the purpose of missions and education and, um, and really mainly missions, um, but also church planning and, and some disaster relief. So it's not an organization that uh, – some of these things um, can be done outside of the SBC. Uh, it's not the church, um, it's supposed to be a parachurch that helps the church. And when that purpose is no longer useful for the church, if it's not actually helping the church, then it's time to get out. And a lot of people are getting out and it'll probably go this way every year. More pe- more people will go out as they see um, the corruption and uh, the social justice and all the rest. So, um, so that being said, um, I, I do want to say though I, I have been <laughs> I'm, I'm traveling through Wisconsin. You can see I'm in a hotel room right now, and I've been encouraged. I, I actually just had a wonderful time in DeForest, uh, Evangelical Free Church, and um, just wonderful people there. Wonderful pastor, uh, Pastor Michael Lawler. He, he's just a very humble man, and uh, I stayed with a family in the in the church. He's just very impressive, uh, raising their kids right, well behaved, well mannered children, and. Um, and just servants, real servants, giving up uh, with without complaining, and with just just positive, great people to be around. And it gives me hope when I see this because I've seen it all over the country that there are the there are solid churches out there. Not not to say that the, the churches, all churches have their issues, but there are solid families, solid churches, stable individuals, and we need to be reminded of that sometime. And and one of the things that um, I'm reminded of when I travel is that. The Lord has His people in, in all places, and um, and then the tonight I was able to um, to speak uh, at uh, it was more of a, a very small uh, political kind of uh, I guess event for lack of a better term, but um, I, I think it was probably one of the smallest you know it was the small smallest group I've ever spoken at, but we had a great time and I it was more of a discussion than anything else. Uh, there was I didn't count I guess there's probably like. Maybe ten of us. I mean, it was just kind of a circle, and um, but you know, there there was one girl in particular there, one one young lady who uh, is very excited about going to Hillsdale College, and she's just on fire. And uh, it's kind of the thing—the the, the infectious personality, the positive personality. The you know, we, the Lord is is uh, is g- going to do something. I mean, it, it's it's true, and um, and I don't know always what that looks like, but it's the thing I needed to hear on a day like this because uh, uh, I'm with a lot of you uh, all out there. you know. I knew this was going to happen in a way, but at the same time, it, it's hard when you see it happen. And so, um, so I just want to start off by saying that, and then let's get into the details. I'll analyze it some for you, and I'll just give you some of the observations I've had. I've tried to follow this as best I can while someone's traveling. It's, it's hard, but, um, but Bart Barber defeated Tom Askell in the presidential election for the SBC, 60, uh, rounding up, 61% to Tom Askell's 39%. So um, it's not really close at all. Uh, Bart Barber really did win. And um, I, I want—I can see even the silver lining in this. And, and that is that... If it was closer, I think a lot of uh, Southern Baptists would see the hope in staying in. That we we I think that happened last year to some extent. I think seeing a defeat this r- uh, rousing of a defeat, I think um, changes that to some extent. I think a lot of pastors are going to be leaving uh, because you know how how do you overcome this kind of a thing? And. Um, And and I know there's probably Southern Baptists who are really bemoaning that. But um, the the thing that I was honestly the most, I I was, obviously I wanted Tom Askell to win. But if he didn't win, I really didn't want it to be close. Because I knew that would just kind of put that carrot in front of the horse and like, we'll just do it next year. Which a lot of them probably are are saying anyway. But um, this isn't close, guys. This isn't close. And it shows you where the convention's at. And and this was a year that many, many conservatives in the CBN vein were really optimistic. And so uh, to see this is quite a blow uh, for the Southern Baptists. Uh, I wanted to just point out, this isn't really being reported much, but there's a lot of subtle changes going on. Um, Here's an SBC pastor saying one of the hymns, uh, the word mistakes, uh, the word sin was taken out and the word mistakes was substituted. I mean, that's kind of significant. Uh, but, but these are – they're small things because they're not – but, but there's a lot of them. And, and this is not an exhaustive list. We, you have um, the ERLC announcing their conference, their an Ethics and Religious, Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptists. And their, their conference is going to be uniting to make abortions unnecessary. Uniting to make abortions unnecessary. And, the, I mean, this is the kind of thing you'd expect from a mainline denomination – uh, how about making abortions illegal? How about ending them? How about banning them? Uh, if you want to have a, a conference about the family and strengthening the family and underlying issues that lead to people wanting to divorce, like out of wedlock births, so forth, then, then do that. But uniting to make abortions unnecessary, it's it's odd phrasing. And it's the kind of phrasing you, you'd hear at like a PC uh, USA church or something. Uh, you have uh, the fact that there was a survivor care room at the convention hall provided by the task force, private, secure, comfy, quiet. The, here, Here's the thing. Do you really expect with the security at the convention center, people are in danger of being sexually abused? I mean, that's insane. Really? They need a safe space. You couldn't have told someone 10 years ago that this would be in effect, and yet it is. You have uh, new coalition's forming interestingly the Armenian Calvinist debate just seems to be kind of almost like ended <laughs> you have Jack Graham endorsing Tom Askell despite the fact that Tom Askell is Calvinist Jack Graham is Arminian and uh, I think they they use the term traditionalist and um, and and because there's issues that are more fundamental going on and um, that's happening that's there's real changes going on in the convention and as far as uh, as far as I, I can tell, there's three options here. You're going to have um, – you, you, you have one faction take over, and of course the conservatives did not, and just boot everyone else out. I mean really make it hard for conservatives or if the conservatives had one, make it hard for the progressives. Uh, and, and so that's one option. Uh, and so, so that you can have true unity. So the progressives can be with progressives and agree on definitions. And so the conservatives can be with conservatives. Uh, the other option is uh, you have fake unity and you just pretend like these issues are are not primary issues that the cancer really isn't stage four. It's like stage maybe one or two, or it's not really cancer. We don't really need chemo, but we just have some disagreements that are secondary You could do that. And and some of that was definitely going on at the convention. And I'll, I'll, um, especially with Dwight McKissick and and some uh, conservative leaders that seem to really want to, for some odd reason, uh, take a a false teacher like Dwight McKissick and treat him like a brother and and, and, and almost minimize some of the disagreements, uh, or it it seems that way. Uh, I mean, people that wouldn't wouldn't want to be seen with me or take a picture with me or anything, We're, you know, more than happy to, to do one with Dwight McKissick. It's just, it's strange and they're conservative uh, to me. It, it's a strange dynamic, but it, really what happens is there's a fake piece there because Dwight McKissick will, you know, go and take a picture with John MacArthur and then, but he's tweeting out about how terrible John MacArthur is. And, you know, these guys will go to war a- after they take their pictures and stuff. So, I mean, that's not real unity. And so that's kind of the other you know way forward for the southern baptist convention you just have a a, a fake unity um, or or i guess the third option is you're just in going to be in battle mode all the time and you're grinding gears with other people in your convention you don't agree on very fundamental things but yet for the sake of habit or something you stay in the convention and you keep being involved and so it th- that those are the three options and and i think that probably that third one is going to be the one that's going to be the most prevalent. Uh, Although there's a lot of people, like I said, are probably leaving uh, for the conservatives. Um, Here's Dwight McKissick uh, earlier uh, today or yesterday, accusing, uh, basically he says that the African-American Pastors Fellowship uh, had an address from Bart Barber who won the vote. And uh, and he says, he'll never insult our dignity. So that's insinuating that the other people running did insult the dignity of African-Americans. So you have uh, Robin Hadaway and Tom Askell responding and saying, "Yeah, but we weren't invited to this meeting Hi. so if we would have come, but we weren't invited so uh that that's the kind of i mean that's a dirty tactic, but this is the same guy who's taking who, who taking pictures with John MacArthur, and you have certain c b n people that are high up taking pictures or you know treating him like a brother and and stuff like that according to reports at least uh and, and so it, it just, it's odd to me, because this, this guy, I'm going to just say it, he's a false teacher. And I put a bunch of screenshots up here um, just, just showing that, that he thinks social justice is, uh, if you don't have it, that you have an incomplete gospel. And he's gone after John MacArthur for that very reason, uh, questioning John MacArthur's gospel, because John MacArthur's against social justice. And, and someone, someone can screenshot this or you can uh, download the PowerPoint from uh, Patreon because I make these PowerPoints available for patrons. Um, and it, just a small sampling of Dwight McKissick making this point. Um, and yeah, and of course, he's egalitarian. You think women, women should, can be pastors I and mean, he's got other issues. But I mean, this, th- this is fundamental stuff. You can't have a convention. You can't share a convention when you have two different gospels. How do you do it? And then buddy, buddy up and treat, you, you know, we're brothers still? No, you're not. How? how? <laughs> what commonalities do you, do you have? So um, mistrust, though, is, is building in the convention. And, and this is where I think, despite the fake unity that's existing in some quarters, um, there's been a lot of questioning. I mean, Nathan Finn, more on the progressive side here, uh, questioning the SBC Pastors uh, Conference, uh, the, the way that the conservative Baptists were going to steal it, apparently. Um, they are going to, that's his word. They're, they're attempting to steal the election. Of course, Bodie Bauckham lost that. But, you know, they're, it's just paranoia almost. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of that probably is projection. I mean, the progressives tend to accuse uh, others of what they themselves are doing. Danny Akin um, retweeting uh, Griffin Gutledge, who uh, he's the one that wrote that Gospel Coalition article about the sexual abuse task force issue. Uh, that I went over a few episodes ago, but anyway, Griffin Gutlich says there's a plan to change the agenda and move the presidential election to the very beginning of, of the the time, and so Tom Askel can win and Danny Danny Aiken. I pray this is not true. I mean, the the people from CBN that were reaching out to me, at least the people in, in that at meeting, were saying, I, I don't know what he's talking about. Of course, that didn't even happen. Um, you, but you have conservatives that are suspicious too. Uh, you know, here's Alan Nelson, a pastor, saying like, hey, I thought Vody Bakham had the majority, but the platform said, no, we got to go to a secret ballot. So there was a, a secret ballot in the, the election for SBC pa- president of the Pastors' Convention, which uh, Vody Bauckham uh, did not um, succeed in, unfortunately. But there's just a mistrust going on. I had people from uh, the Conservative Baptist Network suspicious of whether or not the, the counting process was accurate in that particular um, election. And then, then you have uh, the SBC Pastors Conference itself. I watched part of this and it was ridiculous. I watched uh, Marcus Hayes and a guy, I think his name was PJ uh, Tobian, if I'm not mistaken, but it, man, the, the, it was weird. PJ Tobian is talking about uh, we need unity and there's things that uh, can get our eyes off Jesus, like valuing the Bible too much and being too pro-life. It, it, like, really? You're, you're at Disneyland? Uh, I mean, you're right next to Disneyland during Pride Month. And that's, those are the examples you're going to use. Okay, those, those are the threats. Um, and Marcus Hayes talking in vague terms about, you know, don't let these philosophies and, and outside ideas distract us and break us apart. We have unity. The thing is, you don't have unity. If you have two different gospels, you don't have unity. And you have two religions, in my opinion, in the Southern Baptist Convention living side-by-side, social justice and Christianity, and they cannot live side-by-side. It won't work. Uh, Yet, the Southern Baptist Convention Pastors Conference retweeted someone who basically said, there's no drift, and the Pastors Conference shows there's no drift. Well, I listened to the part of the Pastors Conference, and I immediately thought, yeah, this is a drift. I mean, even their illustrations are all, I mean, it's little stuff too sometimes, but like your illustrations are all, they're movies. They're just, it was just poor preaching, vague, it just, just we, it was strange. Um, and then you have the credentials committee basically saying they don't know what a pastor is. So they're responding to a motion from last year that would uh, have the credentials committee basically kick Saddleback Church out of the convention for having female pastors. And the credentials committee's response is well, um, they may be serving in the, um, the, the they may have the title of pastor, but you know we don't know if they really are serving in the function of a pastor, uh, and then they think that's what the office of pastor means when the Baptist Faith and Message talks about it in Article Six. Oh, this is so convoluted. You, so, so we're gonna just let people redefine what a pastor is, and and say that well, that's compatible with the Baptist faith and message. This became a convention for fight. Unfortunately, it's a convention for flight, uh, fight uh, that was lost by the conservatives in this case, and uh, that went for pretty much all the fights that erupted I, that that I saw at least, uh, and, and pe- that people told me about uh, the sexual abuse task force. They were able to do their thing. And um, it's just an unfortunate uh, thing because the Southern Baptist Convention, I, I don't know how this doesn't fundamentally change it when um, you, you can have situations in local churches that end up uh, liability is, is uh, the, the convention itself becomes liable for. Now, um, tomorrow, or not tomorrow, probably later today, I'm going to drop an episode about Uh, the Sexual Abuse Task Force, and the Tom Buck, Jennifer Buck situation. Um, I've debated whether I should do it, but then the Daily Wire, Megan Bashan came up with an excellent article from the Daily Wire, and we'll read through it and I'll talk about it. But this is what's happening in the Southern Baptist Convention. I mean, it's just, um, things are going downhill and they're going downhill fast. Bart Barber is, uh, he's not perhaps as overt as some of the more woke Southern Baptists, but man, he... I mean, he he defended Ed Litton on the plagiarism thing and wanted to kind of almost justify plagiarism. Uh, he thinks, I mean, he's pub in public about his views on same sex attraction, and uh, he he kind of adopts that SSA stuff that that position. Um, he he's definitely gone down some of the woke stuff uh, when it comes to the critical race theory. He he's just, but but he's kind of all over the place, and, and he's. He's not an academic, so he's not precise in his language, so I don't think he's gonna rock the boat too much, but he's someone who uh, was gonna keep the Southern Baptist going the direction it's already been going, which isn't a good direction. And so uh, my advice has been the advice I've had now for really uh, the last year, and it's what I've thought for at least the last two years, and that is you need to get out of the convention. Um, now, if you decide to stay, then fight. But have your exit strategy. Is it going to be next year? You know, when it when is it going to be? People, I think, want to know uh, why this state of affairs has come to be. And the best, th- this is what I thought for a long time preceding this particular convention. But there really isn't much of a ground game. I brought this up for a number of years. You know, is there a fund that uh, exists for? conservative pastors to be able to attend the convention when they don't have the money that NAM puts forward to bring their crowd in. And, um, and this year, there were some private people who were doing some of that, but it, it, it needs there needs to be a lot more of, of that and, and just a more concerted ground game. It's just, it's not very organized, it seems. Um, the other thing, and this is more important in my opinion, is, and, and this is I'm, I'm sure about, it, I've talked about it so many times, the conservative leaders in the Southern Baptist Convention, though uh, I have some, some respect for many of them, one of the things that they, uh, and I, I'll just have to say it, I think they've utterly failed in, is being able to identify false teaching and then call out the names of false teachers. And if you do that, then you, and, and you have a rallying point for the gospel, that the go- we have a different gospel here, I think that motivates the base to show up. I think um, it shows them where the the problem is, and they know they know why they're there. When you have though, uh, just really overly cautious to the point of people who have been saying false teaching, teaching false teaching for years, are still welcomed as brothers or treated that way, and they're not denounced, and they're um, they're just the way even things are phrased is uh, is so soft and quote unquote charitable uh it's it's just not going to make your base show up why would i mean i'm one of those people actually you know why would i want to be part of the SBC and show up for these things which i mean that's a commitment of time and money and frustration if uh you know if it's if we have leaders that aren't going to really press these issues hard and represent um well represent not only myself and, and how I view it but just uh, you know speak prophetically uh, the way that the Word of God actually talks about some of these issues like fall like a false gospel um, that that's been a frustration for in my opinion and I think the other thing is there's a lot of conservatives who probably don't think it's actually as bad as it is because they're not hearing that they're not hearing their leaders actually go after this stuff uh, in in those those um, those terms so uh, that's my analysis of it and um, more coming tomorrow or, or later today and, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll go over some of this but I, I hope that's helpful for some of you um, I, I hope that uh, it's at least satisfies some of you who wanted me to give some analysis to this it's more of the same unfortunately and I, and I wish there was something more that could be done um, I, I don't know short of a miracle but uh, but the God's kingdom uh, still moves on, and we still move on. And so um, uh, so the, the, the end of the Southern Baptist Convention is not the end of Christianity, and it's certainly not the end of uh, American Christianity. And so, um, so keep, keep trudging, <laughs> keep walking with the Lord. Uh, it's not even a trudge. Keep, keep, uh, keep a pep in your step and uh, keep doing the things that the Lord wants you to do. Take, take the, that step of faith. Uh, like so many characters in the Bible who were in dismal times and yet obeyed the Lord and the Lord blessed them and the Lord was with them. Um, just re- remember that. You read the Bible. Read read stories um, of hardship being overcome, and, and that will inspire. And so, um, anyway, God bless. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone uh, this weekend. Go to worldviewconversation.com, or uh, I should say this week, uh, if you want to see where I'm going to be. And um, I I would love to uh, see you. I'm going to be not far from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, I believe. So uh, check it out, worldviewconversation.com. And um, look forward to seeing you. Bye
1: now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.